1: Welcome back, Monday, August 2nd, 2021. I hope you had a really good weekend. If you thought we were all done with COVID, COVID confusion, COVID mandates, CDC, Anthony Fauci, you were wrong. You were wrong. They're coming back in full force. And when two weeks ago, the issue everywhere you turned was vaccine hesitancy, you might have assumed a competent government, or at least a competent institution of any kind, would have done everything it could to ensure not only the efficacy and safety, but the necessity of vaccines. Instead, they've done just the opposite. So much so that Vanity Fair magazine, Very Liberal Rag, has a huge article out talking about the disconnect In the Biden administration, the turf battles and the fights over COVID policy, which makes one ask kind of a legitimate question, don't you think? How does an administration that campaigned ad nauseum on following and trusting the science, how does an administration that follows and trusts the science have arguments about COVID policy? The science should tell you, shouldn't it? There should not be A turf battle. There should not be disagreements on data. Or does it turn out that running the country and dealing with a novel virus that came by surprise is just a little harder than let's be nicer than the other guy? Because that's all that seems to be obtaining right now. We'll just appear to be a little nicer. Than the other guy will keep the same characters and the same confusion will reign. For example, we have been told, as I said on Friday, again and again and again, that now if you are vaccinated, you also should wear a mask because even those who are vaccinated can transmit the virus. Well, that took a lot of people by surprise. And so a lot of scientists and a lot of journals asked the administration to show us their evidence. And here's what I want to ask every single one of you who is confronted by a Karen over your masking and vaccination decisions. And a Karen, by the way, can apply to both genders. Ask them what CDC study shows that those who are vaccinated will transmit the virus. They will either not know or say the CDC put one out. And you can know more than they will by saying they did put one out. It was released on Friday. If you read it, it's a single study of a case in Provincetown, Massachusetts, where 469 people had covid in a community of over 70% vaccination. Fair enough. Of that 469, 75% were actually vaccinated. So we know that the vaccinated can get the virus, okay? The question now becomes twofold. Can they transmit the virus, and is this a disease of the unvaccinated, as the president said? Is the vaccination making you safer if you attract, obtain, or contract the virus. What's the study that shows it? The CDC banked it all on what they released Friday. Ask your interlocutor, a.k.a. Karen, have they read this study? Ask them to read it. It doesn't take long. It's not that long. Because what they'll find out in that study that the CDC released is that With those 469 COVID cases, there were some hospitalizations indeed. Now, remember, the talking point is that the vaccine keeps you from getting sicker than you would if you are unvaccinated. But there were hospitalizations in this 469 case study, a total of five, five out of 469. And guess what? Of those five, four were fully vaccinated. One wasn't. Zero deaths, by the way. What one has to conclude is that the CDC just released a study showing the exact opposite of every talking point the administration has put out for the past several weeks. I'm not saying this is true ubiquitously. I'm not saying it's even true in a majority of the cases, but if the cdc was asked to release a study that showed why the vaccinated needed to mask and this is the only study they can produce you learn that the vaccinated do less well than the unvaccinated the vaccinated do less well than the vaccinate than the unvaccinated i will repeat of the five hospitalizations four of them were fully vaccinated and i don't mean partially i mean fully so much for the vaccine keeping you healthier. Now, people will say there are hospitals all over the country and they are filled with unvaccinated. May be true. May very well be true. It's just that's not the CDC's report on why the vaccinated need to mask. Well, they can transmit it to the unvaccinated or other vaccinated, you may say, or your care and interlocutor may say. And you say, Okay, well, yes, so that was the other part of this that this study was supposed to cover. Here's the study. It's just a few pages. Show me the sentence that concludes that the vaccinated transmit the virus. You will search in vain to find that in that study. The CDC has yet to put out a study, and the Friday one wasn't it, that shows the vaccinated spread the disease or the virus. Okay, that's where we're at. So now the question really becomes, is this administration more or less competent than the previous one? Given all we know, given all the 180s that have taken place in just the last six months, given that there is now infighting in the administration that told us all you had to do was follow the science, given that the CDC put out a report because of the demand, from the journalist and other scientific community asking why the vaccinated need to mask. And so they do. And it proves that the vaccinated do less well than the unvaccinated. And it says nothing about the vaccinated being able to transmit the virus. I would say in the last six and a half, seven months, there have been more mistakes made than under the Trump administration. But then if you're thinking about vaccine hesitancy and people being Dissuaded, you have to ask what the main cause is. Now, Joe Biden said it was Facebook. Joe Biden blamed Facebook. I blame Joe Biden. Miranda Devine writes that cheery Dr. Anthony Fauci was on television again Sunday warning us that things are going to get worse with COVID 19. It's the Delta variant of the virus that is to blame for putting us back in masks the nation's top infectious disease expert, told ABC on Sunday. Fauci didn't mention all the other Greek letters of the alphabet lining up to do us harm. There's always something, like the Lambda variant, which apparently comes from South America. This one is said to be worse than all the other letters. So why the hell is the southern border wide open in the middle of a pandemic? On the one hand, the Biden administration is reimposing mask mandates and burdensome health restrictions we thought we had left behind. On the other hand, it is knowingly ushering in millions of illegal immigrants infected with COVID and not even testing them or keeping track of where they go. Secretary Alexandra Mayorkas, Alejandro Mayorkas of DHS has testified to that. These immigrants, illegal immigrants, are put on buses and planes and covertly shipped around the country to unsuspecting communities in violation of CDC guidelines the rest of us have to follow. If you are a law-abiding American citizen arriving at an American airport, even if you are fully vaccinated, you have to produce a negative COVID test result from the past one to three days or you won't be allowed in. But at the southern border, if you're a non-American, you can wander across, coughing and sneezing, and they'll give you a welcome pack, perhaps even a book by Kamala Harris, and send you on your way to spread the disease. The only reason we know that is because it is actually happening. Take La Jolla, Texas. La Jolla, Texas. The local police department issued a health Warning on Facebook last week about sick migrants wandering around without masks. Get this. A concerned citizen flagged down a police officer to complain about a family of migrants in the local Whataburger who were, quote, coughing and sneezing without covering their mouths and not wearing face masks, close quote, according to the La Jolla Police Department. The Whataburger family told the officer, quote, they had been apprehended by Border Patrol a few days before, but were released because they were sick with COVID, close quote. Sorry, what? It's an interesting thing when the Biden administration goes to war against Americans, but has nothing but chauffeured and limousine services, even for passengers who have COVID. If you're a non-American, I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leepsen show. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. The um, OK, here's a talk. To- this is a topic I wanted to get into with you all. Uh, common sense as a subversive activity. Subversive meaning something that undermines the authority. is something that you may hesitate over saying or doing because it challenges the establishment. A subversive, someone who doesn't comply really with the law. Common sense is a subversive activity. I remember when our lockdowns and shutdowns ended, and one of the first things I wanted to do with friends was go and visit the restaurants that I usually, you know, would visit. You know, the kind of place where the owner kind of knows your name and the staff knows your name because you frequent there a lot. I'm sure everyone has a place like that. I have a couple and then i wanted to you know meet people who were willing to go out and help the restaurant i just felt terribly bad for the food service industry and i don't know why particularly that industry perhaps because one of my first jobs was that as a waiter busboy and then waiter for a couple different restaurants maybe maybe i don't know but there was something in the stories of the food service industry that tugged at my heart and i remember going the first time even the second time i remember the restaurants and you know they were at limited capacity and of that limited capacity there was a there there were limits in other words not capacity to the limit if they usually could have 50 tables and were mandated to have 25 what i'm trying to say is 10 were taken The half capacity wasn't maxed out. That's what I'm trying to say. And it felt like eating out was a subversive activity, like I was doing something unusual, even perhaps illegal or not allowed, something frowned upon. If not illegal, there are plenty of things that are legal that other people might frown upon or that you might have embarrassment about or second thoughts about doing in public. And I wasn't alone in this feeling. I talked to a lot of people. We were meant to feel awkward about doing something that was no more unnatural than simply saying to your friend, girlfriend, or wife, you want to go out and get a bite to eat tonight? You want to go out to dinner tonight? That simple question asked millions of times around the country, on a routine and daily basis, was no longer asked. And don't get me wrong, this isn't in any part the biggest deal of what went down over the last year and a half. I'm just trying to illustrate what I'm trying to say is we were meant to feel subversive and doing something we should be ashamed of, wrong, or hesitant about in merely going out to eat a meal, dinner, lunch. There are other things that qualify for common sense seen as a subversive activity. And it's about speaking the truth of things, just saying the truth for decades. The left, in fact, they had bumper stickers over this. The left loved the chant, speaking truth to power, challenging the government, speaking truth to power. Well, well, It seems that if you're a mom and you care that your child is not indoctrinated with racist junk thought in the first or second grade and you show up to an open meeting at your school board and say something commonsensically along those lines, you're going to be treated as an outcast. You're going to be treated even as you're speaking the most basic common sense, things you learned from perhaps your parents or Martin Luther King Jr. in grade school about race relations, things that aren't taught anymore, but were then speaking up on behalf of those things you felt like, and you were made to feel like a subversive. You were made to be ridiculed. And it goes along a lot of lines. When we come back, well, maybe I can do it here. Paul Maringoff over at Powerline has a pretty good example. It's titled, Ashley Babbitt and George Floyd. Compare and contrast. Everything he says is factual. Everything. I'll read it to you. It's not that long. And yet to say it makes you feel like you might get in trouble that you might get banned on Facebook or Twitter, that you might have a problem if you were to circulate this piece amongst friends on Twitter or Facebook. It might come back to haunt you when it comes time for college admission or perhaps a job interview or perhaps even something like an elevation or a promotion in your job. And yet it's common sense. It's as true as 1 plus 1 equaling 2, which is why you are now beginning to see, and what took so long, someone might ask, you are beginning to see arguments that math doesn't always have a right answer. I guess that makes its own sense when science can be all over the place and yet you're supposed to follow and trust the science. Do you know how many legs you would have to be have, how many legs you would have to have, taking you in different directions if you were just to follow the science, as Joe Biden said he would do. I mean, it's all a mockery, as the Vanity Fair article shows right now, all the bickering and infighting on COVID policy in the administration. There shouldn't be, as I said in my previous segment, any bickering and infighting if you're just following the science and asking fellow Americans to do the same. They can't get fellow Biden administration officials to do the same. But common sense is a subversive activity. By the way, it should be seen as common sense to point that out. There was something Donald Trump said last year about two weeks to slow the spread, that someone decided to just come after me on Twitter and ask me if I still had any other good predictions, as if that prediction by Donald Trump was my prediction. I simply responded I don't have any predictions, but do you? Anthony Fauci said we didn't need masks that could provide more harm than good, only to tell us we needed to wear two masks, only to tell us we could take the masks off after vaccination, only to tell us now the vaccinated need to wear masks, only to admit to lying to the American people about what would constitute herd immunity, only to also tell the American people that there would not be a vaccine in the year 2020. I'll put my predictions up against Anthony Anthony Fauci's facts any day of the week. When we come back, I want to do more on common sense as a subversive activity. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Thirty-four past the hour brings us our good friend John Dombrowski. He is the president, and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. He's also the host of his own radio show, The Word on Wealth, heard right here every Saturday morning at seven a.m. on nine sixty. The Patriot John has a preview for this Saturday's show. What's the word on wealth today?
0: Hey, how you doing? I'm well. I hope you had a good weekend. Yeah. I did. Good. This is a big day. Of course, we think of July 4th as, you know, um, the day, you know, when the independence was um, actually adopted. But I was signed, the Declaration of Independence, on this day in 1776, August 2nd.
1: Fantastic. Not 1619?
0: Not sixteen nineteen.
1: Seventeen seventy six. No. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I read the New York Times and they they said it was a different year, like one hundred and fifty or so years before. But before, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take it from John Dombrowski. Our country was founded in seventeen seventy six, not sixteen nineteen. I recall reading that by the way in school too. So you're you have uh, you're, you're, you you you're working with some good authority. I mean, it's not the New York Times, John, but. Pretty good authority. Talk to me about debt limits. My God, John, what are we doing
0: here? Well, you know, this is something that's been talked about for some time now, and Janet Yellen has talked about this uh, when she uh, speaks to Congress about the possibility of uh, the uh, the debt, this country's debt, which the debt limits would, would be uh, expiring coming up to on uh, end of July. And, you know, i been asking Congress to act on this, and of course nothing has been done to this point. And what we found out here just recently is that the Treasury had to invoke what they call extraordinary measures as Congress missed the debt ceiling deadline, which uh, really was set a couple of years ago. Back in August of 2019, the debt limit was suspended until January 31st of 2021, which has come and gone now that debt limit to be reached was you know a max of $22 trillion, which has been met. And this is the problem now. We're, we're faced up against a, a hard debt limit. And the Fed at this point, or the Treasury, cannot just arbitrarily continue to spend money without approval uh, by Congress.
1: John, it seems like we go through this so many times yes. in a lifetime. I mean, it just seems like we hand have this kind of headline, this kind of story. We've had it almost every year for ten, ten or more years now, and I just wonder if, at a certain point, all of this subvention continues to encourage our congressional leaders to just keep spending, knowing that there's no, no real problem. The Fed will, the Fed will work it out like this
0: the interesting point of all of this, too, is, of course, right now uh, trying to get to an infrastructure bill as well as additional $3.5 trillion and also other, uh, what was it, total of 7 or $8 trillion yeah. that that's being talked about here. And we're at these ridiculous levels, and I know people are concerned about it. And, you know, I, in this article that I read here recently, it says we've implemented extraordinary measures before. So from a procedural standpoint, it says this isn't much of a concern. Uh, especially because the Democrats you know pretty much control the House and the Senate uh and the the thought is is that they'll get this through. but why does it have to get to this point Seth uh to where the Treasury now has to come in and uh take these quote extraordinary measures, which extraordinary measures are these bills that th- what what's happening is social security checks don't mm-hmm. go out mm-hmm. if this doesn't get fixed right and you know what are people going to do about that i mean they will fix this but unfortunately uh, you're right why does it always come to this i guess because there's really no one holding them accountable and uh, until we do hold them accountable and our vote is how we hold people accountable we need to make some changes I'm does Washington the de- does the
1: question. amounting debt does the mounting debt sorry the mounting debt contribute somewhat to inflation because it, well, in a sense, has a has a devaluation effect?
0: It certainly it certainly does, but, of course, what the Fed does is they keep interest rates low. Yeah. They just reissue new debt at lower rates, and so that's a way to battle that inflation, you know. And unfortunately, though, it's going to get to a point to where uh, the income-debt ratio, you go to borrow money, Seth, right now, if you want to borrow money to buy a house, what do they look at? They look at your income-to-debt ratio. Uh, the government, at some point, is going to get to a point to where their income to debt ratio yeah. is not going to look good, no. and therefore, again, that's when that debt, uh, you know, that class, uh, you know, that A debt is no longer going to be A debt.
1: John, you, you one of the great things you you uh, you are expert at is making the complex understandable. Well, you really you do a great of job of that you. with us, and I know you do it with your clients as well. I thank you for even doing with that. This.
0: Though even with that, the market still has, you know, done fairly well with all of these issues we yeah, have. Yeah, no, right, so and NASDAQ was up are, today. Companies are trudging all forward, right. you know, yeah,
1: so. Absolutely right. Thank you, John.
0: All right. Securities and advisory services offer the Client1 Securities LLC, a member of Finran, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client1 Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth.
1: John, bless you, sir. Thank you. 602 I want to talk about the common sense as a subversive activity when we come back, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. That's for listener Bill. Rick is in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hello there, Seth, my friend. How are you? The song was for me too. Okay. Yes, it's Neil. Yeah. Oh, good, good. There are two (laughs) kinds of people in this world: those who like Neil Diamond and those who don't like Neil Diamond. (laughs) That was in a movie called What About Bob? I don't know if you ever saw it. With Oh,
2: I, I didn't. I never saw the whole movie. Kind of a cute movie. Yeah,
1: Bill Murray. uh, Wow, has, that has, made it in, huh? Oh yeah. Well, he has <laughs> he has a lot of problems, Bill Murray, and he sees his yeah. psychiatrist, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. And um, yeah. I don't know if we. It's it's pretty funny. I don't know if I can find the audio of it, but it's it's Bill Murray saying that uh, his wife loved uh, Neil Diamond and he couldn't stand Neil Diamond, <laughs> and Richard Dreyfus says something like, "So you, in a country of three hundred million, find the one woman." who can put up with all your neuroses and your certain psychological problems and personality disorders, and you leave her because she likes Neil Diamond. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like that's what we're dealing with, with the Democratic Party, in the sense that you left common sense because... You thought Joe Biden was a moderate, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah, no kidding. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and take a look at that. Movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to look for the audio on the break. It's really very it. funny. You know? Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to check that out. Sure. Hey, listen. What I was calling about was your terrific monologue, which is, as always, is uh, just super. And you put so much information in it, and I really appreciate you. Always do that. It's an education, and it's great to. Listen to your monologues Thanks. for that reason. Uh, I was thinking as I was listening to the monologue, you know, if we were all frogs, we could eat what bugs us. Right. And uh,
1: <laughs> Right, no, right, right, right. <laughs> no, what I'm really... My, co- my version of that is there's a reason Baskin-Robbins has 31 flavors. You've, you and I have talked about that.
2: Right, that's Right. <laughs> Uh my problem is I like all thirty one. I understand. I understand. I
1: understand. <laughs> hey,
2: so what what I'm really calling about, uh let's, let's get over this uh <clears throat> frivolity. Okay. Uh that what I'm really calling about it was so great, Seth, that the monologue was and I'm I'm thinking, man, I wish there was like a website or a book or a catalog or something that had all of this information. Together, like mm-hmm. how much is this fiasco costing us? Mm-hmm. Like how many times did Dr. Fauci say yes, mask, no mask, mm-hmm. yes mask, mm-hmm. two masks, three masks, four masks? You know, uh, how many times did the CDC say uh, vaccine, no vaccine? How you know? Things well, like I think that. on
1: Fauci, I I know it's a rhetorical question, but let's let's keep it in mind because uh it might it, the precision might be good. Uh-huh. In, in discussing this with uh, our fellow Karens. Yeah. My count is five times to your direct question of how many times did Fauci mislead us on just masks. And yeah. I'll tell you what the misleading was it, by my count. And I, if I'm willing to be corrected here, first was no masking. Masks uh, might make you feel better, but they have very little effect and can cause more harm than good. That's point one. Point two was, yeah, you better mask that came uh-huh. a few months later we got a mask up mask up america ads all over the place it's the it's 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 the patriotic thing to do
2: yeah and the and the and the billboard here in town if oh, you don't yeah. mask up on a beat your face yeah
1: yeah as my yeah, as my nice. producer bill likes to say it's answering a question that wasn't asked Yeah. no no, no one you know yeah. so 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 there was no mask do mask then two masks mhm then that's now third point. Fourth point, uh, fourth uh, change of mind would have been if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. We have that as decision number four. Mm-hmm. Decision number five is now if you're vaccinated, wear a mask. That's five changes of mind in one issue with yeah. one person. I Absolutely. can do it with other issues and just him. But yes, right. to, put a, to put a fine point on what you were saying.
2: I, I it would I would be great if we have like an encyclopedia of COVID of the COVID pandemic and we could look up, you know, Dr. Fauci, C D C, China, blah blah you know, the different things and, and get that information. On Sunday I was talking to a, a good friend of mine and he declared to me that the news is telling us the truth about COVID. I said, Well now wait a minute, you know, what about the fact that they repeatedly told us last year that there were going to be two million deaths? Yeah. And I said, "There's not even a million deaths yeah. yet." Right. He said, "Oh yeah, I think there is." <laughs> I said, "No, there's not." Yeah. If you look at the CDC, he said, "No, no, I, I, I believe the news." Yeah. you know, and that's just, we went round and round, and then that's as far as we got. He says, "I believe." The but news. that has been like, the effort oh, of the man. news.
1: That has been the effort of the journalist community to kind of paint the picture. That, you know, a million people have died.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: I mean, and- it's easy to throw these numbers. That's why I kind of wanted to do that precise thing with you. I'm kind mm-hmm. of sick of this. A million people have died. There were yeah. no riots last year. I'm kind of sick of this kind of stuff. There were thousands of people that stormed the Capitol. Oh, there was yeah. an insurrection. There were multiple deaths. I'm, I'm just kind of sick of all these things that are not true. We used to call them lies. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, as President Reagan said, our our uh, leftist friends know so many things that aren't true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just know so many things that ain't so. Uh, it, 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 it and is, yet it, it feels is.
1: subversive to say so, doesn't it? When you say, yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it's hard to go up against something called the CDC. Yeah. And that's why I say it's the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. That's its full name. How would yeah. they do on that last part? Mm -hmm. On that last part, how'd they do? I mean, if you went to Burger King and all the burgers they sold you or sold to the American people were, um, you know, full of bacteria or made one sick. How Uh successful? How much of a king was it of burgers? (laughs) Right. How much? You know, why? Why? Why is it hard to go up against the CDC? They have been wrong multiple times
2: exactly exactly i the, the 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 distrust that has been created in science is is appalling really when yeah. you stop and think about it the I distrust
1: mean, just, the, exactly and the perversion appalling. of what constitutes science right science right. doesn't change from day to day yeah yeah
2: and the and the inflammatory language yeah. did you hear about the uh uh, some congresswoman i think that was talking that was actually talking about comparing president trump to uh jim jones yes
1: i have something on that i want oh to talk about jackie goodness. spire yeah california congresswoman uh, jackie spire yeah described trump's followers as cult like akin yeah. to what James Jones, uh, Jim Jones, Reverend Jim Jones. I have a lot to say about that. You bet.
2: Good, good. I'm glad you're going to address that. Hey, Seth, I love you, brother. Uh, Thanks again for so much good stuff, and I'll look forward to the rest of the show.
1: Bless you, sir. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. There are two types of people in this world, those who like Neil Diamond and those who don't.
0: My ex-wife loves him. I see. So... What you're saying is that even though you are
1: an almost paralyzed, multiphobic personality and is in a constant state of panic, your wife did not leave you. You left her because she liked Neil Diamond. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Common sense is a subversive activity. Saying what I'm about to quote from Paul Nieringoff is absolutely factual, and yet it feels like you would get in trouble if you said it or shared it. He writes, The Washington Post doesn't like the fact that Ashley Babbitt, who was shot and killed by a police officer inside the Capitol of January 6th of this year, is being viewed by some as a martyr. The Washington Post story by anti-Trumper Josh Dowsey and Paul Schwartzman drips with contempt for the notion that Babbitt could be a martyr. I don't recall the Post ever questioning the view that George Floyd could be seen that way. I don't consider Floyd or Babbitt martyrs, but Babbitt is a stronger candidate for that status. Floyd was a career violent criminal. He encountered the police on the day of his death because he was trying to pass a counterfeit bill. He encountered police violence because he ferociously resisted arrest. Babbitt had no history of criminal behavior. She encountered the police, not because she was trying to enrich herself unjustly, like Floyd did, but because she was engaging in political protest. The protest took an unlawful and highly distasteful form, which precludes martyr status as far as I'm concerned, but Babbitt was At least acting selflessly, which makes her more sympathetic than Floyd, in my eyes. Unlike Floyd, Babbitt did not fight the police. As far as I can tell, she committed no violent act. Yet, Dorsey and Schwartzman of the Washington Post seem offended by the fact that Babbitt's death has led to protests. They blame it on Donald Trump and others who say they are trying to rewrite the narrative of one of the darkest days in the nation's history. Yes, January 6th was one of the darkest days in the nation's history. Are you kidding me? They don't accept the idea that people might genuinely be upset that a police officer would shoot an unarmed woman and that neither the name of the officer nor the facts supposedly justifying the killing have ever been made public. Here again, we see differences between Floyd's case and Babbitt's. The name of the officer charged with killing Floyd was not withheld. It became a household name and he's in jail now. And the protests in Floyd's name that raged for months, including killings, arsons, assaults, and widespread looting. Those were all justifiable. The protests of Babbitt's killing have been, however, one thing the protests over George Floyd's killing were not. Exclusively peaceful. So, again, the distinctions cut in favor of Babbitt and those protesting in her memory rather than Floyd and the BLM mobs. I'll have a lot more to say about this in a little bit. Everything he said is a fact. It's an opinion based on everything he said being a fact, and yet it feels like if you said it, you'd be in trouble. Common sense is a subversive activity. We have a lot more to say about this. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back.